Radio, the transmission and reception of electromagnetic waves on radio frequency, especially those carrying sound messages, or the activity or industry of broadcasting sound programs to the public. Fanboy, a male fan, especially one who behaves in an obsessive or overexcited way. This is the Radio Fanboy Podcast, and here's your host, Bevo. Today's guest is one of those people that you kind of don't forget her when you meet her for the first time or hear her on radio. She's been on quite a few radio stations and done it the other way around. She's been on radio, went and did reality TV and now got herself a bigger radio job. Jess Eva is on the Radio Fanboy Podcast. Hello, Jess. Hello, Bevo, you beautiful creature. How are you? Good, thanks. I was just looking at one of my Facebook memories that came up. And there was the cardboard cutout of you and you're holding a sign that said, Hi Bevo, back when you did, um, I think it was Barrett and Jess's um, Live With Barrett and Jess. Do you remember oh, that that's promotion? that's right. Yes. It was when everyone had to look at our ugly faces. <laughs> How <laughs> are you? You're so busy at the moment. My goodness. Like, uh, I think the last time I heard you were heading down and doing Triple M breakfast and then you're um, a celebrity, get me out of here. And, and you're an author too, I saw as well. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? I, um, I didn't even pass U10 English and then um, who would have thought that I would have written a book but um, I spent 15 years going around the country radio circuit you know writing 500 emails to different program directors every single week and I'm just so grateful that I got a couple of opportunities later in life after quitting radio a couple of times thinking that there was no hope for me and I think that you're doing the, the hard yards and you know getting out of it getting in it not believing in yourself believing in yourself but more not believing in yourself than believing in yourself makes you feel gratitude when a couple of doors open up and I didn't think that they ever would but and I don't I don't know how long it'll last but I'll keep going for as long as they'll have me oh good on you Jess that's the spirit where where did you get your start in radio because um, it goes back to Victoria from memory. No, um, in 2006, I got a job in Musclebrook oh, uh, selling right. advertising. Okay. And I, I, while I was there, I applied for afters and I didn't get in. So I sold uh, um, advertising in Musclebrook and every night I would stay back an hour and a half and put a demo on the boss's desk every night oh. um, for, for, for 12 months until he gave me a, a one-hour shift during the day <laughs> and and then um, a night show came up and um, he didn't he's my he's a great friend of mine he always has been I love him and he um, chose someone else to do the night show and so I knew that my if I wanted to stay on air it probably wasn't going to be in Musclebrook so I hustled a whole bunch of content directors and cut up a demo with a whole bunch of fake um, fake air content that I really just did in the back demo studio to make out that I was doing more on air than what I was and then they gave me a breakfast show in Bendigo with their that's the one I was thinking of, Bendigo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, I worked with a guy called Hayden Norton, who is a really talented broadcaster. And um, I was terrible. I didn't. The poor guy had to carry me. And then uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. You know, and I'm sure as, if anyone's listening that has been in a co-host relationship, him just looking out the window, shaking his head on about my third or fourth day, and it was just that realization that the poor bugger was stuck with me, and he had to teach me 
everything about radio in order to make this show work. And I'll always be grateful to him for that. He, uh, he was a good mentor. What are those early lessons that you've kind of carried on throughout your career that you can recall? Um, I think it is probably... You, you just there's a lot of people in radio that will tell you your worth. So you might get a program director that just doesn't get you, or you might get a mentor, or you know you might get a listener that'll be like your crap, and only you know your worth, and only you know what you're capable of. So. I mean, it's good to listen and feedback is great if it's going to progress you. But if you know that this is what you're meant to do, then don't let anybody tell you otherwise because one day you'll find your group or you'll find those people that get you and that's when you'll be, you know, in your, in your sweet spot. I like that advice. I do remember when I was a kid and I was getting into radio, I was doing, you know, all the um, community radio things and there was a guy at school that said, you're never going to work on radio. And I was like, I know. I used that as ammunition. You probably did the same thing in your, in your back catalogue. You're like, no, I'm going to prove that person wrong. I agree. And also, what right do people have to tell you that you're never going to make it in something, especially when you're first starting out? Yeah, exactly. I just feel like, I feel like people that project that negative performance, you're not good enough, you know, I've never heard of you before, whatever, whatever negative projection that people are putting on, you know, when radio people who are having a crack and are very vulnerable and having a go, I think that's more of a reflection on that person but when you're trying your hardest you seem to to mistake that for personal attacks or personal feedback and it never is because great people who deserve to have an opinion on who you are um are actually the people that aren't going to tell you you're never going to make it and bevo I, you are one of the most talented broadcasters in the industry oh wow so that guy's that guy's a dickhead <laughs> If he's no, listening. No, I just remember, you know, when I, when I got the job offer in, at Triple M Sydney, where you are now, years ago, and I just thought of that guy, and I was like, I proved him wrong. This is the best feeling ever. Yeah, good. <laughs> and so you should. And, and and the good thing is you proved him wrong and you realise that, you know, some people have to put people down because they don't want to work hard enough to bring themselves up with actual hard work. So you've done that. Like, you know, stuff you face, whatever your name is. <laughs> I remember the very first time I met you, it was at the cafe, I think, at um, Cafe 45 next to the um, old CFM building and you and Barat came along and you were so friendly and I was like, gee, she's such a, a friendly person, like she is a people person. Like, did you find that that helped you in your radio career, like gain listeners, like every connection that you've made out in public, it, it could be a new listener for your show? No, I don't think of it like I don't think of it like that. I just I I think in life if you have the choice to you know, be to get to know someone or not to get to know someone, I mean, why wouldn't you want to get to know them? And especially radio, I think sometimes we see our peers in radio as competition, but we're all battling. And I don't think if we're because I know we're on opposition stations, but I don't think you know. I think if we all we're all in it together and we're all working long hours and we're all underpaid, so we may as well <laughs> we all we all may as well have a beer and love each other and get through it together as a team rather than having this oh this is me and this is you mentality. I think it's yeah I I I think that's a very lonely way to go about it. 
I love it. I love your theories and I, I love the, your, your realism of it all. You you cut through the bullshit and you say how it is, don't you, Jess? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm, um, I, I've, I've just arrived at a holiday house and I'm about an hour away from cracking my second beer. So at the moment, I'm up for anything that you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm in a very good mood. I got you at the right time. Just yes, at the beginning correct. of the first beer. So um, from Bendigo, where did you head to from there? Um, when I was in Bendigo, I was I, I um, emailed the the group program director, and we were looking at different places that I could maybe go from Bendigo. And there wasn't a huge amount of markets, you know, to progress from to get known. And back in the day. Um, I think it, I forget what it was SCA that it is now, but it was something else. And it was where they used to do the national night shows, you know, with Timmy and Renee in the Gold Coast, and that would be run nationally, regional, and everyone wanted to vie for that, you know, that national drive spot. That, but it wasn't on Capital City, but yeah. like Anne and Beck started there, yeah, that's and right. um, and so everybody really wanted to go towards that position. So I thought I need to get to Queensland because nobody kn- back in the day I felt no one knew you in Victoria but if I go to Queensland that's where they recruit the bigger shows from so I took a step back and um, applied for the day announcer at Townsville because I knew that a guy called Daniel Smith was the group program director there for Queensland and he went to Gold Coast quite regularly to talk to Rod Bryce at the time so I thought okay well I need to get to know you Um, and it turns out he's an absolute legend that I still to this stays just a ripper um anyway it sounds like a really motivational story but i went to townsville and moved into a caravan park and drank way too much and had a couple of one night stands and i thought oh god i've got to get out of here (laughs) um i know it started so inspirational didn't it so um a girl called tash she um had a, a contact in the Maldives and they needed a radio announcer in the Maldives. And at the time I was like, Oh, I'll do that. So I went to the Maldives and after about three weeks on the job, they realized that no one spoke English. So there was no point in having an English oh, radio station. No, right. So I just became a snorkel guide and I loved it. I don't even, I don't know a thing about fish, but I got engaged to a Maldivian over there. I was just going to stay living in the Maldives with my little straw broom and have these Maldivian babies um but it turns out he had three wives and i was no four wives and i was in line to be his fifth (laughs) so that didn't work out my god i just like how you say yes and you go wherever your journey goes and the maldives holy moly that's those um huts above the water isn't it yeah yeah yeah. we stayed in the staff area which i'd actually prefer because it's where the, the local culture and stuff is and then you go out and serve the rich people at night but um it was it was such a great experience and i am um, i'm so glad that i did it and then i um island hopped and i went over to to india and volunteered in an orphanage there for six or eight months um and then got bitten by a monkey and i'll never forget being really sick after i got bitten by the monkey in india and calling daniel smith the group program director in queensland um and i to get reception in india i had to stand up the top of a slide in the in the kids playground at the (laughs) orphanage and i'm on top of this slide talking to daniel smith going hey i've been bitten by a monkey do you have any jobs um (laughs) 
And he said, I'll call you back. And then I read, and then I applied online for Hobart breakfast. And then um, they, and I said, I've applied for a job at Hobart breakfast. Daniel Smith said, I've got you a job doing breakfast in cans. Ah. And so I said, all right, when do you need me? And he's like, can you be here in a month? And I was like, yep, no worries. So I, so I went to cans and that pretty much restarted my radio journey again. Ah, and who did you work with in Cairns? Because I remember you crossed paths with Ryan there, didn't you? Yeah, so Ryan Kay was the program director. Love Rhino, still friends with him now. But at the time, um, Rhino had the real shits that I was coming because uh, he – so Smithy just told him that I was getting the job and Rhino – uh, said, well, I would like to be involved in the recruitment process. <laughs> and Smithy said, oh, no, trust me, like, she'll be fine for the job. So I arrived and it was off the, the um, I, I took over Beck Dent, who was um, on a trajectory. She was going to do a TV, that music TV show in Canberra. And she was so well loved there. And I remember arriving and a whole bunch of ladies in the office being bitterly disappointed on my arrival because, <laughs> which is the normal radio way. It's almost like someone died and you've got to try and put the, you know, put their shoes and pants on and react <laughs> them, you know. It's always so awkward when a co- when you've got a feeling for a co-host, like having an ex-wife's, yeah. you know, old photos plastered all around the building. Yeah. So I started and um, I did it, Marty Braley. So we were Marty and Jess for a while. Um, then we were Nick and Jess. And then after Nick left, I thought, um, I can't do this again. It's a bit like relationships. I'm like, I'm out. And Brody White got um, recruited and he's a lovely person. But, you know, Bevo, you know when you get to a stage where you're like, I can't get to know one more co-host. Yeah. Like, I don't have the emotional energy. Did you ever feel like that? Yeah, the revolving door of co-hosts <laughs> makes oh, you feel like you're the problem. <laughs> it does. And a massive loser because everyone's getting promoted around you and you think, oh, God. <laughs> So um, one morning I um, walk. I, I remember walking into the studio and there was – I'd left a coffee cup on my desk yeah. and um, the night before and um, the program director – you know, so in radio we work so hard or we're so high strung, so it's, it's hilarious now. as the best thing that could ever happen to me. The universe works in weird ways, but that coffee cup must have really pissed off the pro- program director at the time yeah. because I walked in that morning and um and i was doing solo breakfast and you know you're working 10 hours a day in you know read your radio and i open my computer and there's an email from the program director really disappointed about my dirty cup on in on the bench um and he's cc the general manager yeah and i just remember thinking oh Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. So, but they didn't, every, this is, but it was the greatest thing that could ever happen. So I walked in, I resigned that morning and I had no idea what I was going to do. No plan. I think I made up that I had a social media job so they couldn't talk me out of it. Yeah. And, um, and um, I, I started a social media company, um, as we all did back in the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a radio announcer's backup. We always start a social media marketing company. And um, and as I did that, um, I remember about six months later, Rhino from Sunshine Coast contacted me and he said, "Would you like to would Would you like to trial for the Sunshine Coast Breakfast Show?" And um, I went down and trialed. 
and then I came back and sometimes the post-traumatic stress of radio makes you a bit scared to jump back in the pond and yeah. I finally found peace and detached from radio rather being emotionally reliant on it as a lot of us are. Yes. And, um, and so I then I, so I just went quiet and Rhino's like, oh, can you come back for another trial? And I just didn't reply and Ooh. I just stayed away to the point where Rhino was at a party and he single-handedly up in Cairns and he tracked me down oh my god yeah and he got me for a coffee and he said you're born to do this i'm not letting you give up on what you're born to do and um he said come back and and i would like to offer you the job and i told ryan case solely responsible for keeping me in radio to this wow. day because, um, and I, he gave me a second chance at having a crack at life and yeah. I'll never forget and I'll always be appreciative of that. I remember the, um, I think it was when you were filling in for the previous breakfast show, you and Barat were on and I was like, oh, these guys are awesome. I hope they stay. And then, yeah. and then all of a sudden you were on. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, no, it's such a coincidence. Not the fill-in for a radio show while they're on holidays. And then all of a sudden, not that old chestnut. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> what are the odds? I think I, I, text, I texted Ryan. I texted Tim. I said, oh, I hope these guys are here to stay. And voila, oh. I got my wish. It's <laughs> so nice. You always know if you're off as a breakfast announcer and a new duo fill in for you, you may as well not renew your rent, yes. your lease. Like, it's just such a horrible, it's such a charismatic, lovely industry, but it's just, it's, it, and I think it being so cutthroat is half of the thrill. It's kind of like gambling. Like, oh, my just like, God, have isn't I got it? the job? Have I not? Yeah. I remember um, when certain people were leaving on drive shows where I was working and then, they learnt about their replacements in Jock's Journal. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's nice. It's so funny. And the one thing I've learned over time, and if anyone's listening who is, you know, starting out or in that process where you are so emotionally involved, there's no point hating the industry or being resentful for the way the industry works. That's just the nature of the beast. So the best thing you can do is just not take it so seriously and not let it get you down because radio takes so much of your energy you don't want to waste any of it worrying about the shit that doesn't matter use all your energy and pump it into your content and pump it into the networking of people that hear your content because that stuff will never change and it's part of the thrill of it i'm glad i got you on because you've got so many tips and you, you can still hear it in your voice how passionate you are about radio i love it it's my favorite medium in the world like where else you know we a lot of live tv it's only it's been reduced down to news there's yeah. not much live tv at the moment unless you're watching a celebrity get me out of here grand final on sunday if you make it to the grand finale make sure you text um <laughs> and then um so to ha still have live inter entertainment programs in our country where you can talk about anything you want you can inspire you can make people laugh you can make money you can do fundraisers and change people's life it's just it's one of the most charismatic amazing mediums that that still is on this day and anyone that's got especially a, a, a regional show i i just regional and and provincial is just so exciting in the fact that you get to steer and choose your own contract on content on a daily basis anything that you want to do in the entire world you can do it because it, i know that it's annoying because your teams might 
might be a little bit smaller, but creatively, like it's just your baby. Like massage the shit out of that baby and change people's lives and make people laugh. I just love it. So you're working with Bar Out on the Sunshine Coast and, and doing that for a few years, um, you got the opportunity to further your career by going on the block with your hubby, Norm. Yeah, well, um, we originally – because a lot of people said, oh, did you do that for for your job? And I was like, no, um, we did it for the cash, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I wasn't expecting to to get anything out of it. Plus, we we had no interest in moving. The Sunshine Coast is the most – beautiful spot in australia oh isn't it yeah um yeah and i got offered um quite a few shows um uh, like radio shows after the block um and i said before i got um offered sydney um and i said no to them because we we love the sunshine coast that's our home yeah but you get offered that sydney carrot in front of you like you're you can't you can't die knowing that you got offered sydney breakfast and not had to have a crack at it so absolutely that that was a pretty juicy carrot that one which i i don't even think i packed my bags properly i just said yep we're going so australia you got to meet you just for the first time on a national show i picked up so many things watching you on tv that have just stuck with me you had a saying why wouldn't you and it became the title of a new book which you've just released yeah um why wouldn't you is like a a mantra um that you're just like why wouldn't you have a crack like you get you know if you you got 20 bucks and you got a big business idea why wouldn't you invest your 20 bucks into having a crack into it or any anything that you want to do in this world why wouldn't you because yeah. having a crack at failing is far better than never having a go so i try to remind that to myself all the time how, how did how did that saying become a come about because you know there's there's so many um celebrities in the world and they have their own sentence their own <laughs> catchphrase and this has become yours i don't know i think I think Norm used to say it. I'll be honest. I'd love to give you a really deep um, talk, but I think I stole it off Norm. I think it was something that they say. I think it's something they used to say on the farm. Oh, yeah. Like, time to go to the pub. Oh, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Time to, you know. (laughs) And I think I just started saying it. But um, if you respond, if you've got a question about life, should I have, should I, if your sentence starts with should, and then um, it's a question about what you should do in life and you finish it with why wouldn't you, I think it clicks your brain into gear pretty quick to go, right, I'm having a go at this. So what is it like Jess working in Sydney radio with Moon Man? Um, it's amazing. I was really nervous because when you go to Sydney, you hear all these you hear horror stories yep. of you know this big capital city market. For me, I think that Triple M is quite a, a steady, solid station. So it wasn't like um, we we just needed to maintain our current ratings and grow on that with time but we we didn't you know have a low rating you know we didn't inherit low ratings and we needed to quickly grow on that in order for us to keep our jobs so we were really lucky in that sense um i feel like i've been blessed with the best content director apart from ryan Kay and all the others i've had but but in regards to the person that is good for me um rex morris 
is just the greatest life and program mentor I've ever had. He keeps me sane. He tones me down. He lets me, he, he has these really great conversations with me, not just to improve my radio, but to improve my career and, He's the biggest. He's the first one to get excited about I'm a celebrity, and he's just bouncing off the walls about my book. And I think when you've been in radio, just have a content director that's your biggest supporter is is really rare. And um, if anyone gets the chance to get mentored by Rex Morris or shoot him, a, he loves it. Shoot him an email, um, and he'll give you one of the best air checks of your life. And he's got that amazing voice, which just takes your breath away like oh my god i'm in radio heaven yeah i know it's a it's an absolute modern day tragedy that he's not still on air but um it's also good for us and anyone else that wants some good air checks um to um to for him to be in the administration seat because he can help us all all right so we, we've we've spoken about rex what about uh moon man he is one of I, his mind is just out of control he's if you've seen his comedy you know that he's off tap and it's exactly the type of person you want to work with. And um, the good thing also is he doesn't mind to share his his secrets. So different techniques that you that he teaches you about keeping the ball up in the air. Working with a comedian is probably a lot different to working with the normal co-hosts that I've been working with. They yep. need certain strategies and segues in order to um, you know kick it out of the park. Yep. So normally, for example, um, you know on radio if something happens and you go oh yuck like as you would because that's your natural reaction a lot of time in comedy you um the oh yuck almost ruins their role so you use a yes and um a yes and theory which is a technique with so he might say i don't know i got myself locked out of the house and i fell in a bush um and so rather than going, oh, God, you're probably drunk because that, 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 that sentence then cuts off any role for him to go on with the rest of the story, yep. um, you'd be like, yes, and I bet you went to your favourite pub or oh, okay. whatever it was. And so then that way you can build on the sort of like the Roy and HG technique, you know, always building to create for, uh, for him to create, you know, a goal at the end of your rave. So it's been invaluable to, and to have a mind where, you know, you can throw back different situations and he'll always have a, this hilarious response is not only good, it's also a bit depressing that your mind's nowhere near as good as his. You just, you just, you just view <laughs> this talent and you're like, how did you, think about that yes it's incredible i remember watching him on um channel nine with denise drysdale back in the day oh yeah ding dong yeah right many moons ago and then yeah he's turned up around i'm like oh wow that's a cool transition and then they call him the moon man in and true triple m style like they had the spoon man and now they've got the moon man the moon man i know the spoon man and the moon man need to get together (laughs) they would be good yes they have a man off competition so you've ended up on i'm a celebrity gabby out of here i was like oh my god jess is there nothing this woman can't do I was watching it for the first time yesterday because I caught up on um, the Channel 10 recap thing and I saw you jumping out of a plane and the fear in your face. I'm like, oh, my God, I was so I was feeling it for you, Jess. 
I know what we'll do to get a couple of extra weeks holidays leading into the <laughs> December break. Oh wow! <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. I couldn't believe I got the call up because I, you, you don't. I'm definitely not a celebrity. Yeah, but I was very grateful for being thought of, and it was really good. I had I made such great friends out of it. Yeah, um, and. I, it's just one of those things that you'll never forget, even though I've got parasites growing in my ears um, and even Dr. Chris Brown was grossed out because I sent them to him on Instagram last <laughs> night. But, um, you know, it's the jungle that keeps giving. It's just adding to your incredible life, like being bitten by a monkey and, um, you know, well, right. overseas and having parasites growing your ear. I know. There's nothing like a couple of parasites growing in your listening holes to make you feel at home. So, um, and plus it, it was very, good for the socials it was it went off so <laughs> where there's swings there's roundabouts bevo when you're used to pawning yourself out like i am you think of the positives and that is good instagram insight numbers i was gonna say did you <laughs> did you have someone from channel 10 look after your instagram um no so no? The, well i got um laura boucher to look after my instagram while i was in the jungle because no one could know that we were on it yeah and it was pre-recorded this year yeah and then um and now they're just they they're being very kind and letting us post whatever we like and sending us you know some some photos every night oh, you know so as, you're as a do suggestion it yeah i'm doing it myself oh, okay, I, cool. I know that's why there's so many spelling mistakes on it <laughs> <laughs> do you go back and fix them up when you find them or not oh only if in the comments they they, they correct me in the comments i think oh god all right <laughs> If you need to. <laughs> I'll let you get back to your weekend getaway up uh, three hours north of Sydney. Yeah, this place called Blackhead. One of the guys from the Bowls Club has a holiday house there. So we thought, ka Oh, nice. Free weekend. Yeah, so um, we're about to pop a beer. But Bev, I can't say how good it is to have it. It's been so long since we've had a chat. And yeah. I can't wait to sit down and have a frothy with you when we get back into Queensland. Oh, I look forward to it. I know you come up and visit uh, your, your friend Jackie up here on the sunny coast yeah. every now and then. Jack your, yeah. your kids and her kids, they get along like a house on fire. Yeah, they do. We're trying to. Um, it's not an arranged marriage, my six-year-old son and her six-year-old daughter, oh. but it's definitely a suggested one. We Look figure out. if they hang out enough, <laughs> it'll be an easy life for us. Absolutely. Jess, Eva, thank you so much for joining us on the Radio Fanboy podcast. Oh, thank you, Bevo, you gorgeous person. The Radio Fanboy podcast, hosted by Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions. Dan Hill speaking.